And we're back. Season two of the Line to Gain show. I'm Jeremy Dixon, always with Mike Parker. Mike, how's it going, man? Going pretty good. Happy to be here for season two of the Line to Gain show. Me too, me too. So this is going to be our season two preview show, uh, ahead of the the season starting the, uh, tomorrow, actually. Right. Um, this might not be out until tomorrow, so hopefully you'll hear it then. But uh, yeah, we're, we wanted to get get at it and uh, give you guys kind of a breakdown of what we're going to be looking at uh, season two. Yeah, we just wanted to outline kind of what the concept was for this season. Uh, I think for the most part, we're just going to be uh, following week to week in the NFL season through the playoffs, just kind of giving our little nuggets, um, our observations, some funny anecdotes that we kind of stumble over throughout the throughout the year. And uh, we're hoping to bring it to you uh, the Wednesday before the start of the week every week. Well, at least we'll record on that Wednesday uh, leading into the to the to the next week. Yep. Yep. And we'll we'll be we're going to be trying to get it out by Thursday before before the uh, Thursday night football game each week and and go from there. So, uh, Mike, yeah, why don't we run down the format real quick with everybody on on what we're what we're going to be um shooting for here yeah I, I was having a tough time coming up with um any like major concept for this particular season i thought we really captured something really cool in season one and i wanted to kind of uh, get to that point uh, right and I, I know you i know you didn't you you weren't the biggest fan of doing like a weekly like recap show you know right. just something super a lot of people basic, do it so. a lot of people do it very well right. i didn't want to compete with that kind of stuff but i right. think hey if you're tuning in for season one and all the bonus you know content that we've put out at this point you don't mind hearing us ramble on about you know, some sports stuff. And so I thought you came up with the concept um, about just kind of doing a weekly show where we discuss a few things. Um, You know, it's basically going to be structured categories, but um, Mm -hmm. we're going to have like different anecdotes week to week uh, regarding that. So that being said, let's jump into the format. Um, We're really going to start with kind of reviewing the previous week. Um, What are our takeaways? Kind of two or three things that we saw during the week that we'd like to discuss. Um, we then will probably look forward, uh, to the headlines and stories, games that we're tracking for the next week, kind of like looking ahead, if you will. And, uh, we're going to talk about some predictions. Jeremy, tell us uh, kind of some of the stuff that you thought about with predictions and, and stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I, my two big NFL bets, as far as like season long stuff goes, um, I've been digging into a lot of like the over under winning uh, in wins, wins, wins and losses. And I think the saints are far underrated. They're, they're over unders only eight and a half. I think that, the, I mean, with 17 games, I think that's a, that's a give me, they, they're going to play the uh, Falcons twice. They're going to play the Panthers twice. They're going to play, uh, they, and they, they have the bucks number. And so I, I actually, I actually have them winning that division. Um, pretty easily because I think I think the Buccaneers are going to have some a little bit of uh I don't know like continuity like they, they, there's a lot of uh, turnover on that team I know they have the offensive line back intact and Brady's obviously there but w- you know how eventually Brady's going to fall off a cliff man I mean it's going to happen right we'll get um, into that a little bit later in but the yeah, show so but... anyway the, yeah the two quick things that and that the Broncos um are under their their over unders ten and a half. I'm betting under all day and twice on Sunday. Never gonna happen in that division. 
So this section will be a combination of some hardcore picks that Jeremy's going to come to put together here, right. and then some general picks and, and observations that we have. Um, yeah, for and we'll the probably review week. my. I'm a degenerate gambler, so uh, we'll probably review my my bets from the week and and how I did or. Uh, the more, sad more, sack, yeah. the sad sack segment. <laughs> yeah, more likely uh, my losses than wins, but we'll see, man. It's all it's all fun. We're also going to do what my personal favorite is is kind of like the conspiracy corner slash hot take yeah. um, a part of um, of the show. Kind of like as we go through and read headlines, like what weird things come into our mind, and right. uh, pro- probably going to be uh, disproven like right away, or not even make a lot of logical sense for that matter. Right. But it's pretty fun to kind of think about these things. Yeah. And then finally, this is one of the things that I thought was would be pretty cool. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll get some feedback, hopefully, as to whether it actually is. Um, I'd like to like discuss like things not related to football specifically, but things we've read or things we've watched related to sports or maybe even pop culture. Um, so, for example, I'm watching um, uh, All or Nothing with um, uh, Man-, Man City. And so like things like that, for example, get into a little bit more detail about kind of my experience with that show a little bit later. But, you know, just just kind of expand our horizons a bit. I like it. I like it. So with that being said, um, I'm going to start off with Jeremy. Tell me about your gambling this last week. It sounds like a hilarious story. Uh, Yeah. So uh, made it. So here in Washington State, you, you can bet on sports finally, but it has to be in a casino you can't actually uh we're not allowed to use like FanDuel or anything like that uh so you have to go to the actual casino so me and my brother went out there got made a few bets uh and i it was since it was obviously we didn't have any nfl games last week uh, i just made some college bets and went with uh, a four-team parlay it was michigan state minus 31 and a half they won by 32 at the no, it's twenty-one and a half. Tw- I'm sorry, twenty-one and a half. They won by twenty-two. My bad. You're right because I know you were like, well, I, I told you what I was uh, freaking out watching that. game. That was the first leg, and yeah. and, and it really it, you nailed it, right? Yeah, got it at twenty-two. By a half point, and it was like the crazy. They were down. Or it was sorry. They only had an eight-point lead with like, I want to say four minutes to go in the game. Scored two touchdowns in like a minute and a half, and ended up winning the game by 22 uh so that helped me immensely um and then i the second leg was oklahoma uh, Oklahoma minus 31 and they ended up winning by 32 that was the one that i thought was the the long because every time i i it's really hard for me to predict college football Mm -hmm. sports because you think oklahoma is way better than uh university of texas at san antonio right so you're like there's no way that you know, San Antonio is going to be, but 31 points is a right. lot, you know, what well, is that, they, four they touchdowns have a new coat, and a field like goal? Oklahoma has a new, you, you made the point. You're like, yeah. I don't like that bet just because new of quarterback, the new coach, new, new coach, quarterback, yeah. new scheme, all this stuff. And I was just like, I had a feeling they wanted to come out and they're and really pending to leave the sec. Yeah. There's a lot of pe- moving pieces, a lot with of that. stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, they ended up winning by 32, uh, which is cra- just cra- it's I w- crazy. I, w- how good I was Vegas getting nervous is. for it you. It was crazy how good <laughs> Vegas is. Then we got to my third leg, which was the one I was the most confident about of all of them. And that was Houston minus four against University uh, UTEP, U- uh, University of Texas El Paso, I believe. Could be wrong on that. But anyway, they had to win by four and ended up 
in three overtimes. In three, and I didn't realize in the third <laughs> overtime in college now, they just go for a two-point conversion. They don't even put the ball at the 25 and have them uh, run plays anymore. It's just straight two-point conversion. So, and they, so Houston scores in this, this, a touchdown the second uh, overtime and gets the two-point conversion because you have to go for a two-point conversion in the second overtime. And I'm just like, all right, we got it. Yeah, I got the I got the third leg. This is great. And uh, defense had, could do for you. Had uh, had UTEP or whatever down to third and third and nine from the you know twenty one yard line or something like that, and they got a touchdown. Got the two point conversion. Went to overtime. Houston did win, but it was only by two. So who was your, what was the fourth leg? Fourth leg was LSU minus three. And they ended up losing by one okay. as well. So I would have lost anyway. But it was still, like, I love, I, it just makes it more interesting for me to watch watch sports if I have a little uh, little juice on the line. Yeah, so those are the type of things where I get, like, super nervous, like, watching the games. And, and I'll be like, I, you know, I'm not like a big, I bet $10 on that 14 sure. parlay. It was going to pay out, like, 130 bucks or something. So it's more just fun, man. I'm not, like. Not uh, not using my my mortgage money for uh, for any bets or <laughs> anything. Don't. So don't. yeah, so that that was my uh, that was my for, first uh, first forte into uh, legal sports gambling in the state of Washington. So I had a good time, man. It was fun. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's it. Does that's what it, fantasy football was for me for a while. Is just like that extra. It gave me motivation to watch other games yeah. to be to invest my time into other teams and other players. Do you play? Uh, you don't play fantasy football anymore? Not anymore. No, like it just got a little bit too much. I wish much. I didn't. Man, I was on my phone constantly. It was always like doing lineups. It got to the point where like it was interfering <laughs> with my life. <laughs> I could see so, you doing that too. You'd and be I just, like, wait, well, I just found this sleeper. I got to crunch numbers, yeah, man. Right. I can't just. I can't. I can't half-ass it. <laughs> Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, I told a buddy of mine I was trying to find one more person to play in a league and uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was like, hey, you, do you feel like playing some fantasy football? He's like, I've never really been into that stuff. It's like, my dad plays that, but uh, I was like, yeah, if you've never if you've never played it, man, don't start. Yeah, don't it's, start. Uh, it's a slippery slope. Don't take the crack. Never. Yeah. Just don't take it. All right, so um, – We've discussed this, you know, between us. Uh, one of the things that I had a big, you know, a tough time with this year was my existential crisis as it relates to the NFL and, and football and, and things like that. And it the was Cleveland really Browns. Um, yeah, it was. It was a lot of things. It was the Washington Commander situation um, yeah. with Daniel Snyder essentially being um, a sex trafficker um, and <laughs> yes. uh, and yes. uh, Deshaun Watson being. Um, you know, a sexual predator. It's like these things, they start to wear on, were starting to wear on me a little bit. And I felt like a hypocrite, you know, this is the part that I was really having, struggling with is feeling like a hypocrite with watching and enjoying football while all of this other stuff was going on. And, uh, my brother, um, who, uh, I really appreciate his, his feedback. He says, you know, this kind of stuff happens in every, you know, uh, business, uh, every company, every, you know, uh, institution or, right. you know, section it's of society. Not, it's not publicized like it is. Well, I mean, I guess the question is ultimately if, you know, 
like do you stop getting gas at chevron because you know something happened you know do you do you stop like where do you draw the line from saying no to yes like at like i said at every level there's something that you could gripe about it may not be of a sexual nature but it could be you know uh, a corporation you know pillaging some southern hemisphere country for for all of their oil like just there's a lot of issues you know with things just in general but that aside i think the big thing for me was coming to terms with the fact that um this stuff happens and i decided instead of kind of just watching the games and letting it be um and just kind of feeling you know bad about it i've decided that i have a platform here that we can kind of discuss these issues and kind of bring that up and not let it die and i thought like that was a good way for us to kind of voice our our issues with the nfl like for example um josh gordon kicked out of uh um, football for many years uh because uh, because he was smoking weed and they, and Deshaun Watson getting 11 games for and, well, sexually assaulting. Well, more than that, I'm saying the NFL has an officially licensed, like, cough syrup. Like, Is that really? They, they promote NyQuil as an officially licensed oh, product. Wow. So on one hand, they're hawking drugs. On, and, on one, and on the other hand, they're, um, you know, kicking players out. So there's, there's a lot of hypocrisy in this space that I have a huge problem with. So I'm going to try to use our platform maybe to discuss that a little bit. Yeah. And um, so to paraphrase uh, MCA from the Beastie Boys, um, I'd rather be a hypocrite than be stuck in this, you know, place where I don't evolve. Right. So um, I'll be, the, I'll take the hypocrite. I'll watch the games. I'll use this platform as a voice and uh, to kind of call some of this stuff out and uh, we'll keep it pushing from there. I like it. I like it. All right. So um, we have a couple of things, some takeaways from the previous week. We don't have any games to really discuss. So I think the, the biggest thing is kind of like Hard Knocks. What, what's your reaction oh, the, there? The, the greatest show on television, you mean Hard Knocks? It's my fa- It's my I like it. Those, the five weeks of Hard Knocks are like, I, I, nothing gets in my way of watching this show, Mike. I haven't, I haven't seen the latest episode. You have I not, have to okay. Say, yeah. so I, well, no I watched it this morning, and I just I texted you at, at, at the end mm. of it about 7.45, and it was just like... <laughs> I was I, like, he's up early. I was like, I love Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Dan Campbell is the... the I, I don't know if he's a if it's a character that he's playing. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that this is really him, because he seems like the most like sincere, like hard nose like I, I don't know i just i love him like it's he, it's great tv him 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 filling the uh, airwaves is a good thing i think for the nfl because he's i mean he's just no nonsense and he seems like he cares about his players a hell of a lot and i i love how committed he seems yeah he just yeah it's 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 a different level than some of the coaches we've seen previously uh, on these shows so um yeah i mean i it's great. I always, I told you this morning, I always get sucked in and think that whatever team is on hard knocks is going to be like, take, they're going to do do well. I always end up drafting somebody from the team on hard knocks way too high in my fantasy draft because I'm just, I get sucked into the whole thing. So, um, 
it's just fantastic, man. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I would kind of just my takes. Like overall, the coaching staff seems like fine. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more. I don't. I know they don't do huge strategy sessions, but um, from my assistant coaches, I'd like to see a little bit more teaching. Um, and they didn't show a lot of that, so I, I can't. You yeah, know, it's, can't really there's judge. a lot it's of yelling. Players, right? I mean, almost. Yeah. almost all of them. It's are a lot of like yelling and repeating the things over yeah. again, kind of like, "Is this what you want to do? Is this what you want it to look like?" Right. That, like that. I, kind of I stuff? think they want to keep it though. Obviously, like football fans are the ones watching this show, but I think they don't want to get too far in the weeds and like you know you don't want to give away too much of your strategy probably. So I think they they don't really dive into that as much. Teaching fundamentals is not strategy uh, well, per se i'm not saying here let's display their you know their third down or their two minute package right but <clears throat> we can take the time to um have a moment where that linebacker coach teaches rodrigo like where he should be in position like what are the what are the techniques those little moments where they actually kind of open the door to, to kind of proper football i see what you're saying i yeah. mean that i mean they're not sharing any like top secret documents or anything like that they're they're right. they're just i like to see coaches that teach i don't like to see coaches that yell and just like don't or, or scare or they use fear or you know, anger right. to, to motivate players. I don't think that's an effective way to motivate, motivate people. Well, then in general. you must not like do Staley because he was in some players rear ends a lot on that. that I, show, I, it seemed I, like. I just wonder why like football has to be the space where we yell at grown men. Um, right, right. You don't, you, you see it some in basketball, like, but they're screaming across the floor but like when they get them close, they're not generally screaming in their face. Yeah, I think there's a way that you can talk about how like frustrated you are with a performance or with a particular person, and, and do that in a productive way. Now I say that, um, knowing that in myself in the past that I've <laughs> yelled at people for not not a good reason. Right. So to your point about Dan Campbell, I felt his story was pretty compelling, like kind of where he came from and how he uh, started with the Dolphins as the head coach, interim head coach. Right. And then um, it didn't go so well. But even in that moment, it did seem like he had a good rapport with his with his players, yeah. like a player coach, they quote unquote. And I, I thought about this. And one of the things that they don't do very well, in the in, it seems, in the NFL is giving people credit for evolving into a better coach. So, yes, that was years ago that that happened and it didn't go well. But he actually sat on the sideline and started coaching, you know, and as a position coach, right. learning from some of the best coaches in the NFL and actually became a better coach through that process. So I, I wanted to call that piece out too that, that that ability to evolve as as a coach and as a teacher. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that's interesting to me, because I really like obviously I already uh, professed my love for Dan Campbell, but I, I, think I love that, you too, man. <laughs> I think it's uh, hey man. Uh, yeah. His, like his mans are the best. It's so, it's great. like his period. No, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, it's punctuation. He, yeah. Uh, I like that. So he, to me is, I, I just think, I think I texted you after the first episode and I was like, Dan Campbell is either the best going to be the best coach in the NFL or the worst coach in the NFL. I'm not sure which, but he's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, 
but you think about it, there's not, it's not like baseball or basketball where there's a lot of former players that are head coaches of teams. Now you see a lot of assistant coaches that are former players, but not a lot of head coach. I mean, I can't think of any other than Mike Vrabel and him that are current former uh, NFL head coach or uh, NFL players that are head coach. There might be one or two that I'm blanking on right now. Yeah, but if you really think about the number of uh, NBA coaches that were former players, they're not star players. That's true. They're generally role players or players that were, I mean, at most their team at right. some at one time in their career. And I think the reason that is is because they understand what it takes to to play all of these different roles on a team. Um, they understand that not everyone has the same skill level as as the top players it was one of the things that they talked about being the biggest problem with magic is he was like why can't you just do this right he's like they're not you magic they don't have your skill set they don't have your height and your vision and your handles and and all of that stuff you can't expect you know rajon rondo to do that he doesn't he doesn't have your ability yeah so we but so these other coaches like that Steve kind of, Kerr yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they had to play roles. They had to right. develop um, a place Pat for them. Riley. Yeah, they understand how all the pieces fit because yeah. they were one of those pieces. Like Michael Jordan, as much as I love him as a player, like he just he, he thinks he can everything that he does is like gold. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, like because yeah, he he's was probably Honestly, one of the it worst. Is gold. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's one Nike. of the worst presidents in the or whatever. G. I don't know if he was GM GM's or, for for the, uh, the Wizards. Wizards, yeah, and owner, I guess, part owner. But um, yeah, some of the another one of my takeaways from that. Um, there was a scene in in one of the first couple of episodes where Barry Sanders comes out to training camp. Yeah, and he's looking around. He's just like, man. He's like, you guys got the good field. Like, should have seen what we were running around on. And when they flash back to him. And I don't know if it was from Hard Knocks or just from training camp footage. Just from, training camp footage, From yeah. 98 or 97 or yeah. whatever, the year before he retired. And it looked it, like my backyard. There was a swamp yeah. in the back. There, no, I don't have a swamp, but, but like it the grass was brown. Oh. Like my grass is brown yeah. right now. I mean, it's like a... Yeah, mine too. I'm looking out just, at it right now. It, yeah, it's... It, 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 look, I couldn't believe that NFL players were practicing on fields like that and you know, 22 years ago or whatever, 25 years ago. Well, we, we, we talked about this last season is that the 90s was the kind of the the pat, the point at which old like three Two yards. Two days and bust yeah, your ass yeah. and we're going to make you, we're going to make you not have Three yards in a cloud of dust kind out. of football right. intersects with what we see now. So um, I would say those, that generation, those 90 players, uh, 1990s players right if for for me is probably the best we'll ever see toughness um speed power you know size right yeah it's good stuff um, yeah and um the other thing a couple other points i had from the from the show that were good to me i the saint brown family is just the funniest thing because I, I don't know if you saw the the real sports thing about them it, uh like it's from like five or six years ago. i think it was when amon ross st brown was like a, a junior in high school or something and cause there's three brothers that are all it's it's amon ross st brown 
I'm blanking on the other two brothers now. Quemenis, St. Brown, and uh, there's one, there's a third brother that I don't even think is in the NFL at this point. Um, but they, their dad is a former, like, Mr. World, like, bodybuilder. And Mr. Universe. And Mr. Universe, whatever they call it. Um, sorry, I'm not up to, my, up to speed on my bodybuilding competitions, Mike. Um, Maybe you should be. They, uh, yeah, so the, the father is a former Mr. Universe. The mother, I think, competed in bodybuilding, too, but she's also very, very smart and was a teacher. And so these boys were raised, like, basically like in training camp their entire childhood they in this in this uh real sports documentary about them they talk about how they were on thanksgiving morning they were out running routes at the park while all the other kids were like having fun and playing or on christmas morning the other kids are playing with their toys while they're running routes in the park and uh the mom was like as strict on them with schoolwork as the father was on the football field and in the weight room and stuff, and he basically just created three. It, it, it's like LeVar – it's like a digest – I think John St. Brown is a, a digestible version of LeVar Ball where he's – Yeah, there was similar energy when they were working out in the senior yeah. yard. Not and on the real sports thing, he was trying to sell some kind of protein powder that he is the owner of, and um, it, it's it's all like – I mean, it, it's just very interesting. He, he basically says that he married his wife because of her genetics – and that's why he wanted to she, – she's, like, a very, like, muscular German woman. Um, and so all the kids speak fluent German. It's it's very interesting. So everybody should check that out. But they that family, to me, is is intriguing. It's just the storyline around them is was pretty pretty interesting to me. They go to an art museum in the last episode, the whole family. It was pretty – it's pretty great. Now, a family I want to see less of is uh, – what's their um... – Hutchinson? Hutchinson's family. Like, <laughs> please, no more. That's what I told you, too, on that first text. I, I was like, my takeaways from episode one is that uh, Aiden Hutchinson's sister really wants to be on camera a lot. and Well, even in the second episode, when he finally got, it, got on the field, they showed them for like five or six minute clip right. instead of the f- Aiden yeah. like playing the game. And like, right. what are we doing here? I don't need their real-time reaction to him taking a snap. Let's go to that and and watch him play the. the I kind play. of I kind of like the I like the family and the the off the field stuff during Hard Knocks. Like that's like my favorite scene ever from Hard Knocks is when Chad Johnson now Chad Ochocinco maybe he's Chad Johnson again I don't know but when he was I I don't know if it was the year he was playing for the Dolphins or the Bengals. But he goes to Claire's or somewhere and buys fake diamond earrings. And he's just like, I'm not stupid, man. You think I'm going to go, I'm going to put like real diamonds in my ears right now? Like, hell no. This is, uh, uh, that was the greatest thing ever to me. I just thought that was so funny. And I, I think that it's, you know, it makes these players human to you and not just like guys you're seeing doing incredible things on Sundays on, on TV. So, yeah, it's, it makes them more human, I guess. Well, you produce a TV show. Just be better at picking the ones that are compelling and right. showing less of the ones that aren't. Or, they did, de- yeah. Obnoxious. They definitely didn't have as much compelling stuff this year. I felt like my take is uh, Hutchinson's dad was like, "Can you guys shut up? I'm watching a game." <laughs> I'm um, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I don't know. He didn't tell me personally. Yeah. So, um, how about what's your take on golf? I mean, 
he wasn't really talked about at all not featured there's no story they usually i mean they couldn't an episode didn't go by without deep diving into Dak Prescott, I think, was it last year? Yeah. Um, so I didn't understand what that was about. He did look like he had a couple of good throws, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, they really I played, didn't touch I, on I've much. had a couple of good throws in a pickup game. He seems very even-keeled. Like, That's one of the things, my takeaways. Yeah, okay. So I thought his demeanor was very cool, and he, he did very well in Crisis. Like yeah. when things were falling apart, especially for Blau, and he was like putting the ball on the turf and throwing right. interceptions, he he would co- go over and just kind of like talk to him in a very calm demeanor and just like, all right, man, we got to go out and do it again. So if that's the kind of mentality he has, uh, I mean, perhaps he has to because he throws interceptions and, and things like <laughs> yeah. that. He has to forget about it or, you know, who knows. Right. But um, I did like that piece about him. He seems like a mature football player. Yeah, uh, a guy that knows what he's supposed to be doing there. I mean, he's been Just, to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah but I mean, th- really, the question is like, what can you do with his particular type of quarterbacking? Can yeah. can you devise a plan that's effective for that? The Rams were able to do that in that Super Bowl year, um, but they ultimately kind of reached what they thought was his ceiling, and uh, you know, sometimes yeah. that's the way it is. We'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. Yeah, and and I didn't watch any of their actual preseason games to see how much uh, he played because you know a lot of starting quarterbacks don't play much now in the preseason. He didn't play the three games. I don't think at all. Did he not? Okay. Yeah. Then that's probably. I mean, I'm sure. But yeah, I guess Dak Prescott didn't play a whole lot last year. Blau looks like he has to really use every part of his body to make a throw. So oh. I, I, I worry about that because when you're when you're moving around and you need a little bit of arm or you can't really get into the into the pass, that, that's gonna be problems. Blau got cut. Yeah. And, and I th- he, he he signed with the Vikings after they cut Kellen Mond and the Vikings gave David Blau Kellen Mond's number. I can't even believe it. The audacity. The Kellen Mond era is over. <laughs> oh, man. Mike gives me shit because I bought a bunch of Kellen Mond uh, rookie autograph cards last year. thinking just There was no evidence whatsoever, including his college career, that he was going to be good. So just taking a flyer on it's, him. Yeah. And, uh, well, because you can't afford Trevor Lawrence rookie autograph cards. So I was like, what the hell? Like, if, he, if he pops, that'll be great. I'll, uh, I'll sure. Sure. Reap the benefits. Now he's on the Mike's Cleveland Browns, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll keep it close. All right. Eye first of all, I'm disassociating myself that's, from oh, the I'm Cleveland sorry, Browns, and right. I'm I'm dead serious about that. They're they're off my list, and it's not just until uh, D Watt leaves mm-hmm. or gets cut or whatever the hell they they decide to do with him. It's also the ownership group. I'm very frustrated yeah. with that particular group. So until they sell the team, I'm out. All right. Um, what else did you notice about um, the offensive side of the ball? Uh, like the uh, like the offensive line, they look good. Um, skill players seem pretty good. Uh, running back, I, I really like receivers. Amon. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is. Uh, he got picked in like the fourth or fifth round too. Their first he, two. No, he ahead. listed off on the whatever the first or second. He listed off like the eight wide receivers that were drafted ahead of him and yep. what what number they were picked and by what team. He it looks like, like he's serious for yeah, sure. And he he's, seems like he's, he's there. No yeah. nonsense. I think so. he's right there. I like. I, I like. And I think he set the the rookie reception record or yards record for Detroit last year. 
So, I mean, and that's with like Calvin Johnson and, um, you know, they've had some uh, some really good receivers in Detroit's uh, program. Yeah, I think their skill players so. are pretty good. I think they lack some depth, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. If they can stay healthy, yeah. I think they have a chance. Now, defensively, I thought the, the D-line and the linebackers looked really good. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think they're going to get a lot of pressure. Um, that ro- being, I mean, that rookie, uh, that Rodrigo, uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, I think is who yeah. his real name. Um, they called him Rodrigo on the show. Not sure, I'm if, that's not sure if that's like, racist Yeah, or not, not but, sure yet. Um, Anyway, he I, he looked like he might be a starter on that on their team come opening day. So if you can you know draft a late round rookie to, to start a middle linebacker for you, that's pretty damn good. So um, he he was fun to watch. That was kind of one of the players that they they followed through camp quite a bit, and, and he had a little bit of a compelling story. Can I be Debbie Downer? He's on my ACL tear watch because uh, okay. a guy like he's right there he's on the cusp of being a starter he's yeah. putting so much effort he's getting the he's getting a, and then all of a sudden boom the knee goes and then that's it we mm. never really see him again so I'm, i I'm, hope not. fingers not crossed that doesn't happen yeah. but i just it seems like a prime suspect for something like that yeah yeah so also close. their secondary is freaking atrocious yeah yeah they don't have many uh playmakers so we'll see back there yeah if you can't get pressure <laughs> it's gonna be tough can, can yeah. they hold together long enough for um I'm excited uh, to see what Aiden Hutchinson Aiden, can do. Aiden's though. sister to get to the quarterback. <laughs> um, and the other thing, the, I know you haven't watched the, the last episode yet, and if anybody has uh, has yet to see that, I'm, I apologize. But spoiler alert: Eminem makes an appearance on the last episode, and come him and uh, I believe it was Bizarre from D12, the big guy, mm-hmm. uh, and then Paul Rosenberg all show up at Lions training camp and walk around, look at stuff, and. Yeah, Eminem did, seemed kind of disinterested though. He wasn't really wasn't really uh, happy about much. It didn't seem like I don't know, but uh, he was just like, yeah, he's just like, brooding. Could, he's like, he's like, if you guys need me, I can get out there. And one of the players like, oh yeah, you you, you, you good with that or so? You good you good out there? He's like, no, I'm great. And like just was like not really, but he wasn't like laughing it off or anything. He was just like very serious. And uh, well, seemed like shit. he was a little, a uh, little annoyed or something, but yeah. Nah, man, anyway, that's it just was still shit. good. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was good to see him. Read between there. the lines, man. Yeah. Read the room. All right. Um, <laughs> so looking to the future, um, we we have a lot of changes, especially in coverage. So we have a couple of crew changes for like Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night football. So uh, Thursday. I'm really excited. Sorry, I just want to say I'm really excited about two. Really annoyed by the third, but I'll let you. All right, let's guess start. Which let's, one's let, which. Okay, so, uh, hmm. So let's start. With my Thursday annoyed night is Thursday night football, right? No. You're okay with Kirk Herbstreit? I love Kirk Herbstreit. I like him for college. I don't know what's going to oh, yeah, happen here. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm not okay. I'm not like down on that. So we'll see first time tomorrow what he's all about. Yeah. Because right, I haven't watched any of the Thursday night stuff prior. Yeah. So Sunday night, Tariko and Collinsworth, that's par for the course. They I, had Tariko I'm, coming in. I think in. that's just I, – I I'm not a huge Mike Tariko fan. And I'm not really a big – I don't like Chris Collinsworth either, though. So I, I think I probably like Mike Tariko more than Chris Collinsworth. But nah, Jimmy, uh, I think uh, Chris yeah. Collinsworth is going to do pretty good this year. No, I, I don't know. It's, I'm, to me, it's what they were doing before. It's milk toast. It's like Jay right. Leno. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I thought they could have shook, you know, sh- shaken it up a little bit and maybe tried tried something new, tried to lure Tony Romo away or something. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then the Monday Night Football, Buck and Aikman. I mean, you know, you know what to expect. Classic. I'm okay with it. it. It's probably their best crew. Yeah. Um, in Monday Night Football, I was glad since... that they. I was glad they brought because they brought Buck over first, and then Aikman was kind of floating in the wind, and we weren't sure what he was going to do. Yeah. And then, or it, it might have been vice versa. I don't know. Grade eight is in the building. All right, cool. I'm, All right. I'm happy for that. Well, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, let's uh dig into a few games that were. Uh, Looking forward to this weekend, Mike. I think you have three, and I have, I have a couple myself. Yeah, so. I pick I pick three games that I'm um, excited to go watch. Now, obviously, there's uh, matchups and things in some of the other games, but these ones really jumped out at me. I'll, I'll give you my first. It's the Eagles Lions. Um, I want to see the Lions playing in a real game with its starters to kind of get it to assess. Um, how they are compared to what I saw in um, Hard Knocks right. and the Eagles. I am super excited on this. I bought. Um, some property on Eagles Island. <laughs> this, I, I'm so excited for this team. I think they're going to be great. I have them, you know, no spoiler alerts, pretty high in uh, the in in their division. So we'll get to that in a moment. So I'm really excited to um, watch the Eagles Lions uh, this week. So what's what's your first? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited game. to watch the Bills and the Rams play on Thursday Night Football. Um, I just feel like it's to me. Th- this is my Super Bowl. I'm gonna, you know, sorry to, to spoil our, our next segment, but Bills and Rams. I think best team in both conferences. I can't wait to see what Josh Allen can do against that defense. I can't wait to see, uh, you know, what just well, yeah, what Matt Stafford and and the and the uh, Rams offense looks like after losing Robert Woods and. Uh, it's just going to be fun to – I mean, yeah, I want to see what Cooper Cup can do against those guys. It's going to be a great, great, great way to start the season back off. And if I, if I, if my prediction is right, it will be the way we end the season too. So, Yeah, well, we'll see. We get to see that tomorrow, so that will be fun. Uh, my next one is the Bucks cowboys I really want to get a look at this Bucks team. I am selling my Bucks stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a very difficult uh, year for them. Um quarterback still like if he gets their their offensive line just got torched with injury um he's going to be wanting to get that ball out every (laughs) every two seconds right um there isn't a year that goes by that i remember that um ryan jensen mike evans doesn't get a hamstring injury true um they're uh godwin back from injury he's like still coming on running games sketchy isn't godwin's out for like the first six weeks or something i think or Maybe he's out for a little bit. I think he's still battling back from that that off season surgery. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they can do. Yeah. So but I'm, I'm with you. I'm I'm pretty down on them. But I really don't. I really dislike the Cowboys. Like Me from too. a franchise level, ownership level. I'm not excited about the players on their team. Yeah. They're just there's nothing that's exciting. CD Lamb's them. the only player I I really like. Uh, yeah, I like CD Lamb. I like Micah uh, Parsons, Parsons as yeah. well. Yeah, he's a game changer. I like him a lot. Fair enough. You got me on board with those two, but the rest I don't care. Uh, my second game that I'm interested in, I I know what your third one is, so I'm not going to take it, but um, I'm very interested in that one too. But uh, Panthers Browns, hmm. I'm I can't wait to see. I hope Baker Mayfield. This just, was an honorable mention. For yeah. Me. Okay. Yeah. I hope Baker Mayfield just goes nuts against those guys and. That's what uh, I'm rooting for. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. I mean, a lot of storylines surrounding it. it. You know, can Chris? I I think the Panthers, if they can keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, 
I think they can be a real problem in the NFC South. It's in the NFC in general, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they, I just want to see what Mayfield looks like specifically because that's the key to the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, if we could just keep the Hindenburg from lighting on fire, it would be floating. <laughs> if like, you can keep if, if, <laughs> if Mayfield can play well and McCaffrey doesn't get injured, maybe they could be the best team and they, they could win this, it all. This is a pretty big what ifs, man. <laughs> all right. So my last one, uh, Broncos, Browns. Um, I'm sorry, Broncos, Seahawks. Um, we're from Seattle. Seahawks fans generally. Um, Russell Wilson has moved. Um, we'll call him Russell Branding. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Russell moved. Broncos country. Let's rock. He moved over to the Broncos. So this is Monday night, game one. Let's go. We'll they see gonna, what happens in, gonna, in, in Seattle. I want a prediction from you right now. What's what's the percentage of fans booing versus the percentage of fans cheering? Um, I don't think you'll hear a lot of cheering. Really? You think it's going to be more booze? I think it'd be drowned out, yeah. I think – I think more people are going to cheer than boo. It's such a Pacific Northwest passive aggressive thing, I know. isn't it? That, that's the only reason. I personally would be booing the living shit out of him, but that's me. So, uh, you know, yeah. I would just turn away from him, just like <laughs> rotate in my chair like ninety degrees and just like yeah. not acknowledge him. That's what I would. do. I don't know if he would acknowledge you while he's out there doing his. Uh, what does he? He doesn't know rep, me from Adam. Reps. Like, what is he doing? I'm just saying, like his reps that he does in the end zone before the game, like. By himself. Yeah, Dak Prescott does that weird, like, uh, hip-hop thing. It just looks so ridiculous. Weird. Anyways. So weird. All right, so we have some division winners, some playoff teams, and um, our predictions on the Super Bowl. So let's let's really quickly run through what we think, you know, the teams are going to play out in, in the AFC and the NFC. So Okay, you go ahead and go first. Yeah, so we'll start with the AFC. I'll go with the West. I have, uh, st- going from first to last, uh, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Oh, okay, I have... Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Boom. In the East, I have the Bills, Patriots, Jets, Miami. Ooh. I have the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. So this was one was tricky for me. Bills, without a question, I think are going to finish oh, yeah. first in the East. The next three, though, could finish anywhere. And that's my point. I was like, Miami, but I do not like their quarterback situation. Yeah. Um, they uh, Somebody showed me, I watched a, a clip of him the other day. He puts his foot in a bucket. He opens up that hip the wrong direction, and it really he, he loses a lot of um, you know, power behind that ball because he's not using his whole body to throw. And I just like, right. this, this is not a good sign. And who else put his foot in the bucket? Carson Wentz. Oof. And look what happened there. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't know uh, if they're, they're good enough around him to, to kind of fight through that. Quick so, side note, I had a fantasy draft last night. And because I refused to draft Russell Wilson, I ended up with Tua Tagovailoa as my quarterback. I'm not happy about it. You should have picked Russell Wilson. What are you doing? I just can't, I couldn't do it. Can't root for that guy. Sorry. When you're when you're developing a team, Jeremy, when you're the GM, you have to put that shit aside, and you have to draft the players that are best and can give you some wins. You can't uh, be see, emotional. If, Mike, if I would have had this pep talk yesterday. You should no, call me before you All right, draft. Let's go. All right. North. All right. AFC cool. North. Yeah, I got Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Uh, I had the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. 
I hope the Browns catch on fire I know. like the Cuyahoga River. I figured that's why you put them fourth because I think the Steelers are Well, there are 11 games. They have Jacoby Brissett. It's a nah, pretty good shot true. that they're going to be at the bottom of that, that could be dumpster true. for most of the year. I could. I, I bet Deshaun Watson's probably a free agent still in that league. I guess I could pick him up. Never mind. I'm not doing that. All right. Uh, South. If you did do that, I just don't want to ever hear about it. I I won't tell you. All right, South. I got Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans, and I'm really close on the Titans, Colts. I had Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. I just wonder with the Colts, do they have enough to, like, not make a mistake? Part of the problem last year wasn't just Carson Wentz. It was they they would make some, like, really weird mistakes in really key games towards the end of the season. They had to win one game out of, like, three to get them in the playoffs, and they couldn't kind of facilitate that. Carson Wentz, though, is one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL, and Matt Ryan is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, and I really think he – I mean, this is a sleeper team for me, a sleeper Super Bowl team for me. But then you go our – is it Pac-Man? Pittman? Pittman. Pittman. He's the one receiver. But is – like, are they good enough? I I think Michael Pittman's great. I think he's going to be really, really a good receiver for – for Matt Ryan, I just don't know that the other receivers on that team are going to be good enough. Well, what do you think he is out of the like? If you were to rank them, is he 20, 25? Top twenty, top twenty, top twenty. Top, he's probably between like eighteen and twenty three. And that's the best receiver they have. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. All right, so uh, NFC. So West, I have the Rams, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks. Same. Okay. East, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Uh, I just had the Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Commanders. Wow, you have the Giants over the Cowboys? I I just think that another what-if thing. I think if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, I think the the Giants are a, are a dangerous team. I just don't know if Danny Dimes can do it. Yeah. All right. We'll I mean, I, I'm I'm just going to – I'm hoping I'm hoping that they can. I just hate the Cowboys, too. That's probably a little bit of bias. But anyway, all right, so NFC North. If your picks weren't full of bias, I, I wouldn't know, know what man. to do. Yeah, what? All right. That's cool. what the that's what's fun. The people that's why the people <laughs> listen. So North, I got Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Same here. I'm expecting um, Aaron Rodgers to overcome some of the problems that they've yeah. been having on the offense. I mean, that was one of my hot takes in our last episode was that he wasn't even going to miss Devontae Adams. So yeah, uh, we'll see. Alan Lazard, if he can get over this injury, so he's going to do well. South Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons. I was really wanting to put the Panthers in the second I, that's spot. That's what I did. But, I switched the Panthers and Bucks. So. But it was, I don't know, I had to, I, I, that one is Brady bias, I guess. If we're yeah. talking about bias, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt to be right. able to kind of win a couple of games there. All right, so that being said, let's go to one through seven of the conference. We ranked them. Um, so for my AFC, I have Chiefs at the one seed, Bills, Bengals, Titans, those are all your division winners, and then Chargers, Ravens, Raiders, five, six, seven. What do you have? Uh, pretty much, uh, we're just switched around a little bit. I had Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Colts, and then the wild card teams were Chargers, Bengals, Raiders. Okay. I had the Titans out. I think that I'm just uh, I'm worried about the workload for for uh, Derrick Henry, and I don't think if he's not there, I don't think that. Uh, I think they'll Ryan surprise Tannehill us, but you might be right. You might be right. Playoffs. I'm just not excited about the Colts, like, taking it, right? Yeah. I think they're both going to be right there. So we'll see. Uh, NFC, I have uh, for my division winners and ranking Rams, Eagles, Packers, Saints. 
Same for me. With the and then lines. I have uh, five through seven, the Vikings, 49ers, and Cardinals. I'm, I'm looking at three from the West. I had Vikings, 49ers, Panthers. Okay. Ooh, so I had the Panthers, Panthers slipping in the playoffs. That's the a back hot take. Door. Yeah. I don't know. And I got uh, Chiefs-Eagles with a Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs are going to be the team of the decade. Ooh. I had the uh, Bill. I had chalk. Bills and Rams with the Bills winning. There you go. All right. All right. Conspiracy Corner, one of my favorite sections. Here we go. So there was a lot of um, people talking about where was Tom Brady? Is it Mass Singer? Is, you know, what's going on? Uh, last week when we were watching – or was it last week? A week before, whatever, when we were watching the final preseason game. We we're out, you know, we we're over here, you know, shooting the shit. And I had mentioned that there's some strife going on in, in the Brady household. And it yep. turns out I was reading this Cosmopolitan article on my, uh, my Apple news feed. Yeah. And sure enough, um, she moved out of the, the family home and, and all this other stuff. And right. what I had mentioned was that when you were watching the man again, Man in the arena. arena. There was some tension there. The expectation was the one season, and then he was going to retire. And things got a little weird, man. He came back for the second season and then was going to retire and then flipped it again. She was really – it felt to me like she really wanted him to retire so that she could – take over uh, and work on her career that she had kind of put aside so he could achieve his goals. So – and – in, in the situation, being married myself, it's to to own that much real estate, you know, um, in an a marriage, it becomes uh, people become resentful at times. So sure. you have to you have to be able to to balance that. And I think we've reached the the end of her patience. No, that's yeah. not, I'm not saying anything of what's going to actually happen with their marriage or anything like that. No, I'm not going to try to. Well. I'm wishing them well, for sure. But Giselle, um, give me a call if uh, you decide. Jeremy, never mind. Not appropriate. Right. Sorry. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, he's got some some work to do to fix that. All right. So my next one, the, both of mine, uh, these next two are about Tom Brady um, also, and uh, or my, my two conspiracy theories. But the first one is um, – so Stephen Ross, the terrible owner of the Miami Dolphins, was willing to give ownership stake to Tom Brady and Sean Payton to come to the Dolphins uh, two years ago when Brady ended up going to the Buccaneers. And I feel like at this point, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be a free agent next year. Lamar Jackson is from South Florida. Uh, Lamar Jackson tweeted out or retweeted a picture of himself in a Dolphins jersey last week while he's in the midst of uh, contract negotiations and he's put a Friday deadline on getting a deal done Uh, I just I think that Stephen Ross must be just licking his lips at this situation saying I can just give this guy a huge guaranteed contract I'm not going to have to give him ownership stake to come here so I, think, I don't I think, think that's, I think, I think that something's vi- I think that violates the um, collective bargaining agreement. I don't think you What's can that? Gi- you can't give ownership to an active player. They were. I mean, yeah. I don't. Maybe it was going to be something that was that, that. That's what the that's what the rumor is. Is that he was going? They were going to both get ownership stake in the team. We'll have to look that up. I don't know if that's even possible to do. But I, may, fair enough. Maybe not. But maybe they could have. I like I like Lamar. I like Lamar at Miami. That would be fun. It would be. Yeah, with Jalen Waddle and. Mike Asecki and some of these guys. 
Mike's doing a waddling. I love that dance. It's so funny. I love it. <laughs> it is great. All right. All right. My uh, my final. This is really really deep conspiracy corner shit though. <laughs> so we all know that uh, Dan Snyder um, did a whole bunch of fucked up shit, including right. uh, having a cheerleader. Uh, photo session in Costa Rica and then collecting all of the passports for the cheerleaders so they essentially couldn't what? get away. That's so crazy that rich guys think they can do that yeah. to people. We just wanted it. It, just, it doesn't you make sense. want to make sense. sure you're protected that's, while you're down That's here human trafficking. Yeah. Let, let's call it what it is. And he, he did a bunch of other really messed up stuff um, from that point. I think it was like 2013-ish, um, including like stealing money from other teams. He ended up on a boat out in the middle of the Mediterranean at some point when Congress subpoenaed him. He said he wasn't going to show up. And then he does this like really under the radar, like um, congressional conversation with the, with the, with the committee. And then all of a sudden, this whole thing falls off the radar because they find that the FBI raids Donald Trump. And my conspiracy theory is because I'm sure these two have met at some fucking Jeffrey Epstein, you know, charity dinner at yeah. some point that Dan Snyder rats out Donald Trump because, you know, for uh, for having the top secret documents at the house. It's just to distract. <laughs> <laughs> Congress yeah, if you from the fact that he is committing fraud and sexual, tra you know, uh, human trafficking. So oh, that's my, my super hot take on okay. that. All right. My, my last rich uh, guy rats. Yeah. My last conspiracy uh, thing here is uh, so Dana White a couple weeks ago at I don't know, UFC 270 something said in the post game, and I'm not even sure. I just saw the clip of it on YouTube. So I'm not even sure like how, it came up, but he said that Tom Brady was coming to the Raiders two years ago and to the point where he was in Vegas shopping for houses and Gronkowski was coming with him and John Gruden at the last second nixed the deal and everybody was upset. And my conspiracy theory is now after hearing that, this is just me personally cooking this up in my own brain is that that might be why all these emails got leaked about John Gruden saying just wild, inappropriate, sexist, homophobic. So let's unpack things. that for a second. What's the motivation to the NFL to do it in defense well, maybe of Brady? It wasn't the NFL. Maybe it was. No, it was definitely the NFL. They owned it. Oh, they said that they, they had the emails, but are they they're the ones that leaked the emails? No one else had them. How do you know? The Redskins had them. Yeah. And the NFL had them. Well, you got to shoot down my conspiracy theory. No, bro. I'm just like... I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Like, I, I thought that was... I thought it would be funny if that was what happened. But, you know, maybe... Uh, I mean, and these guys move in circles, man. Like, the owners, like, maybe... Uh, what's his name was pissed off? Because he... Uh, who's the owner of the Raiders now? The Mark. Mark, uh, maybe he was pissed off because uh, he had given he gave Gruden, Gruden too much power, and Gruden Gruden nixed the deal on him, and then he was like, "What the hell?" All right, so well that's like, a proper uh, uh, conspiracy. So the owner of the of Raiders talks to the NFL, release this stuff because I need to get rid of this guy, there you go. so it can open it up for Tom Brady. Yeah. All right, there you go. Thanks for I, I want I want for connecting the yeah, dots. Yeah, connect for me. those dots for us, man. <laughs> 
gotta make some oh, sense. Man, some I'm sense. Good. I'm not good on these conspiracies, man. See, I at least connected Snyder and Trump through Epstein. Yeah, that's true. See, see what we're doing. Oh man, it's all, right. it's all those like red strings stretched across the <laughs> the bulletin board. All right, Mike. Last last uh, segment here. We're going to talk about something sports-related that we watched read um, the previous week. So um, do you have anything you'd like to start with this one? Uh, um, look, man, Seattle Mariners have the longest playoff drought in North American sports. That, that's not true. Can it be true? It's true. It's been 20. It's been long. It was, the Mariners were around, I think, 1976 was their first season. It's been longer since, from 1976 – 1976 to 1995, when they first made the playoffs, is a shorter amount of time than 2001 until where we're at now. So, yes. So from the point of my birth to my high school graduation, they had never been to the playoffs? They made it one. Well, 95, they made it. That was it. You graduated 95? Yeah. So, so yeah, it wasn't until after you graduated then. Your whole high school or your whole adolescence my entire life up until yeah after up to 18 yeah so it was october of the year of your freshman year well, this of college. is this is a pretty so fascinating year then and, and espn keeps saying we have a 99 percent chance of making the playoffs i am still terrified we're not so i've been watching mariners baseball pretty much every day they freaking blew it today they had a four-run lead and ended up losing like nine to six anyway I've been completely caught up in Mariners fever up here in the Pacific Northwest, the, and there hasn't been much else I've watched. One of the things that I have a big problem with baseball is it's just too much inventory. Yeah. There's The games don't have stakes. If you watch TV watching a Mariners game on a Tuesday at 1 p.m. or whatever, there's like seven people in the, in the stands. There's no urgency to any of it. One of the things that's great about um, football is, is like every game matters. Well, every game is like 10 baseball games. And you basically divide the season into quarters, you know, the NFL season. And, 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 and if you can improve from quarter to quarter, you can change the trajectory of your team. Like if you have, we rattled off like 20 in a row or something like that, right? And it doesn't really even matter. We can't even catch the, the Astros. Well, but it does matter because we were 10 games under 500. No, but it doesn't, like it, there's. In July. You, you have that level of streak and you still can't cut the distance between you and the person well, in that's first just, place. That, but the only reason that is because we played so poorly in the first, like I think it was first 68 games, we were 10 games under 500. But since then, we've been playing at like a 7-12 winning percentage, and uh, it's it's go time, baby. I'm, well, I'm here for it all. They'll, what they'll play the the probably Cleveland the, well, if the, they win. Now, well, if we're if we're the one, the number one wild card, we'll play either Tampa Bay or. Well, we Toronto, have to play the wild card. Yeah. And if we so, win, if we play, the, we play the, Cleveland. If you're the four seed, you play the five seed. And if you're the six seed, you play Cleveland. So if you're the last the last wild card plate team, will play a three-game series at Cleveland or Minnesota or Chicago, whoever wins that division. Okay. And then the first two wild card teams will play so it's a not, three-game series. It's not series. just a single wild card playoff not anymore. anymore? They, they yeah. changed it this year. Oh, so. okay. It's a three-game series, Man, but I they're at the up. they're at the higher seed. It's played all three games so the are first played two, at the, the higher first, seed. The two seed, the first two seeds have like essentially a bye. Yes. Interesting. But it's only a three-game series, and I think sure. they play. They're doing it in 
the higher seed seri- uh, city so that they can knock it out three straight games, three straight days, and then just or, complete or two just complete days. home field advantage. Yes. Oh wow. So you need the you need the force. You, you basically have to get the number one wild card t- seed to get a home game because we can't catch the we can't catch the Astros. How are we getting a home game if we're playing a division? No, we are playing as a wild as the first. That's wild only card. no. The first wild card plays the second wild card at home. You play at your home. Do you understand? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They they play a three game series or yes, three game series at home. All right. Man. So if we're the one seed, we play the two seed or the sorry. If we were if we're the four seed, we play the five seed in a three game home series. If we're the five seed, we have to go to the four seed and play a three game road series. Hmm. For the six seed, we have to go to Cleveland, Chicago, or Minnesota, whoever wins that division, and play a three game road series. Just, while Minnesota or while there's Houston, th- there's and three New York. wild cards. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm in for it. I'm here for it all, Mike. I can't wait. Jesus. I give Mike updates every day. We, we talked about relegation for text. baseball. They should. Take the last three teams or whatever and move them into. I'm fine like, with that. Let's now bring the up the Savannah Bananas. Okay again. Yeah. Let's bring up the Savannah I got one. Bananas. I'm going to watch that series next week, so I'm, I'll report on that. And we'll see. I, I do like uh, playoff baseball, so just wake, right. me, wake me up when I just get keep there. telling Mike, keep the same energy in October because he was – he was poo-pooing the Mariners all, all summer. I don't think we're making it to October, but okay. We're going to play in October regardless. Mm-hmm. The first round of the playoffs is in October. We, oh, there's, that's there's, right. There's regular season games Jesus. in October. There's still like Shush. 45 games All left. right, what, what did you watch this week? Let's go. All right, so I had an observation. I didn't watch it this week, but it was recently. I, I rewatched The Last Dance, uh, the 10-part. Okay documentary with michael jordan about the 98 season and otherwise um and i am absolutely convinced now that michael jordan threw games four and five in the sonic series so that he could win on father's day so this was the first finals back after his father's passing he was up 3-0 on us. Like, they absolutely destroyed us. Without Nate McMillan. Please. Without Nate McMillan. Hey, look, that's all I'm saying. Get Please. out of here. And, and there was a scene where, like, uh, Greg, uh, Gary Payton was like, I, ha- I had him locked up. I had him locked up. I had to work him. And he's just watching this video. Just like, I had no problems with Gary Payton. And I just, like, when he kind of, like, looked and smirked i was like he he threw those games you know i was so happy when scotty pippen uh didn't say michael jordan was on his top five player list a couple weeks ago just the the uh what do you i don't know like the spite of these guys from the from the 90s i love it um and by the way michael jordan's uh like 28 year old son just went on a double date with uh, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Oh, boy. All right, well. <laughs> Mike's like, on to the next one. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so, what else have you been watching, Mike? So, All or Nothing. Um, I've been wa- I watched Arsenal, and it was so compelling to watch um, the coach, I forget his name, um, how he built a team. 
and how he kind of interacted with his players and how they started off so bad losing three in a row at the beginning of the season and then ended up, I believe, in the five or six seed place in the table. It just it was so refreshing to watch like a coach who seemed to care about his players. Uh, they, he developed a team over the course of the season. It was very much like Ted Lasso in a lot of ways, um, where he his, his base, basic plan was to bring the team together and have them play as a team, and then we'll figure all the other stuff out. Is he an, is he an American guy with a southern accent? No, not even close. I think he's Italian or something like that. But um, So it was really, really fun to watch. So uh, from that, I started watching Man City. Uh, I think it was the 2017-18 season. So um, have they done one of these every year for soccer as well? I don't know about every year. I was trying to like see, and I just didn't. I haven't lined them up in a timeline and and and, okay. and watched it. But um, I, I tried to watch the football ones, and they just compared to Hard Knocks, and especially now Hard Knocks in season, they just don't even hold a candle. I didn't think the the all or nothing football I ones. T- I have a tough time going back and watching them. Yeah, after they the don't fact. come out till the, the next summer. So yeah, you're watching I, last. Yeah. Well, plus I already know what happens. So right. the, part of it is like right. watch, cool watching in knocks. season. It, it, it's happening real time. Right? Or yeah, or hard knocks happening. You're watching what just happened last exactly. week. You know. So um, so it's tougher in that regard. But but yeah, we're not watching. Uh, Premier League soccer or whatever these guys play. It really got me into kind of like understanding the at least the English Premier League and how the championship yeah. how championships league works and all these mm-hmm. other cups and things and relegation and it was pretty interesting. Um, I really liked and Man City had this this coach Pep and and the uh, the head coach of Arsenal last year was an assistant coach on this Man City team uh, that won the Premier League and it was like I don't know it just you could see like. He's the, I don't know, the Bill Walsh of it all. And, like, this other guy took that template, applied it to Arsenal, and seeing some really, you know, a lot of success and stuff. So that was a lot of fun to watch, Um, just kind of expanding. And then finally, really, um, I was watching um, that, what is it, like, Bad Sport, or what is it? Untold. Untold, the documentaries on Netflix, and I watched Flagrant Foul, story of uh, Tim Donaghy's uh, sports gambling. Oof. And my major... That's ta- good, I watched this too. It was great. My major takeaway, it wasn't the gambling piece and all the stuff that happened mm-hmm. there. The, my major takeaway was that the NBA was giving referees notes to not call fouls and violations on certain players well and it that just kind of like reiterated like what i what me and all my we friends all already knew. thought you know everybody watch, watched the nba like i think it was like 99 or something uh portland had an incredible team with like rasheed wallace and a bunch of guys and maybe jermaine o'neal and they were in the i think it was the western conference finals against the lakers and that was like the beginning of like the kobe shack dynasty and they, a foul was called every defensive, every defensive, uh, every time the Lakers had an offensive uh, game, stand. Game six yeah. of the Sacramento Lakers series, same thing. Oh, same. Yeah, exactly. It was just insane. Like, you couldn't believe how many fouls. And you're just like, this can't, th- th- it has to be rigged. You know what I mean? Right. So those are the things that I was like, well, you think, let's think about this for a second. Like, what if they coached or they, they refed everyone the same 
Mm-hmm. So when Michael Jordan does that spin move and and palms that ball a little bit longer than you know everything says he should, that he gets called for that, right? Right. So he doesn't get the dunk. He doesn't get the point. He doesn't get the momentum because mm-hmm. every time he does that move, he gets he, you know, like yeah. what what becomes his legacy? Is it a self fulfilling prophecy in a way? You identify a good player, and then you just essentially give him the league, right? Um, for his career and and let him and, and he ascends even faster and I, I just it's it's interesting what the legacy would be if like that wasn't the strategy well and it sure seemed like the NBA and David Stern who I'm not a fan of um, you know I know he's dead but I'm still not a fan uh, he definitely swept this whole thing under the rug as quickly as he could one referee, one lone referee doing illegal things. When Scott Foster, who's still an NBA referee, had received like hundreds of phone calls from Tim Do- uh, Tim Donahue during like at, before and after and during halftime of all of these games, which is like you're calling another NBA referee during halftime of an NBA game. And I get it, like maybe you guys are good friends, but. That seems very, very suspicious, and they just swept that under the rug very quickly. Everybody was given plea deals. Uh, you know, I think Tim Donaghy did 15 months in prison, and maybe a couple of the other guys did as well. But they, everybody was able to plea it down. I, I got the sense that he was paid off to basically take the fall take for the out. entire endeavor. Not that right. everyone else was participating. Whatever thing that he was doing for two thousand dollars a game with the with the uh with the associate of the mob but they were gambling and they were doing a lot of the same things that that mm-hmm. donaghy was doing to begin with so right. I, my sense is that he got a payoff um for doing that yeah he still has his pension yeah i saw that too interesting yeah a very very good show also i know it's football related but what the, there's it's another fun. the untold one about uh manti teo's fake girlfriend yeah that was insane it's marcus tuiasasopo's cousin yep was the one that who's now uh was a man now is a woman uh it's very it, it's it was i was my floor my jaw was on the floor for like she, half she's of that trans thing. that's what they yeah. call it now okay yeah okay sorry she's trans so she was a man now she's trans um anyway my, yeah, it's it, was, it was insane. It was insane. Uh, very good, good watch. All, all of those untold uh, sports documentaries have been great. So I'd agree. Uh, Netflix, send us a check next month, please. Uh, Johnny Manziel's coming up. I don't know if it's untold or something else. Okay, I can't wait for that. Johnny Manziel uh, documentary on Netflix. Cannot wait. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we're going to uh, – hey, guys, football is back. Like, let's go. I'm so excited, man. This is going to be a good season. Uh, we'll be with you guys every week, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, Mike. Jeremy, run to the Buick and turn around. I'll throw it to you.